Good morning. Last Sunday, we talked about eternal judgment. And such an important doctrine in the New Testament. When we say doctrine, it is a teaching. A very foundational teaching in the Bible. And we discussed the topic based on Revelations, chapter 20 and 21. There were two types of judgments that were mentioned there. One was the great white throne where those who are not in Christ shall be judged, the second death. There will be a judgment, but they have already been judged. The purpose of the judgment is to reveal everything they have done publicly, every hidden thing, everything that was seen, to justify why God would bring, bring them to the lake of fire. And there is no more mercy there because the time of mercy is now. The time to repent of sins, to receive God's forgiveness is now while we are still alive. Because after a man dies, as written in Hebrews 9.27, he is set aside. He is judged and set aside. So that is for those who do not live according to Jesus Christ, who have not received the salvation of Christ by grace through faith. But then there's another judgment. There is another judgment which is the judgment seat of Christ. What is the judgment seat of Christ? This is the judgment for all believers. Judgment for all believers. But this time it is not a judgment that would frighten us. It would be a concern for you if you are not serving God in your life. This is for everyone who is saved by the grace of God through faith. Those who have truly repented of their sins and who follow God's word by faith. But this type of judgment is not really a judgment whether you will go to the lake of fire. No, you will already go to the heavenly place or the crystal city as we read in Revelations. But this type of judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, is a judgment of rewards. Can everybody say rewards? rewards. You see, God is a rewarder. He is a good God. Everything we've done in private or public will be seen. Of course, you should be concerned if you're not serving God because you may have only salvation. Salvation is free. Anyone can come, repent of their sins, have faith. It is free. Jesus paid the price. But the rewards are not free. That's why the Bible encourages us to serve, to share the gospel, to make disciples of others, to serve the believers, to obey Him in every way. Because that is about the rewards. And take note, now is the season to store for yourselves treasures in heaven. During the time of the rewarding, time is up. Time's up. The season to serve is now. Not tomorrow, not after you die. It is now. In 2 Corinthians, which we will discuss this, this text. 
after Paul wrote a strong rebuking letter against the Corinthians, that is, 1 Corinthians, remember, he rebuked them for their tolerance of evil, means they did not rebuke somebody who was sinning in immorality. And Paul rebuked them for not rebuking the one who was publicly sinning. That's why in this church, we practice that. We gently rebuke one another if we are truly sinning. As long as you can find in the Bible that that is a sin, it is stated as a sin, then it is a sin. Paul also rebuked the Corinthians for their lack of unity. Somebody was saying, I am for Apollos, a Christian leader. Another was saying, I am of Paul. And those who were correct were saying, we are of Christ. And Paul was saying, what is wrong with you? You are so carnal in your thinking. How come you have these, this division within you following upon the, these leaders instead of Christ? You see, Paul didn't want followers to himself. He wanted followers of Christ. Why are you, some of you saying you are followers of me, followers of Apollo? Has Christ been divided? Tell your neighbor, watch your tongue. All right? Watch your tongue. I appreciate every man of God I meet. But they have different skills and different giftings. Each must be appreciated according to the differences. Amen? But Paul wrote a second letter. The second letter was more gentle in tone, more encouraging. The first letter was, you gifted Corinthians, you don't know love. He's saying, I'm paraphrasing. If I have all the gifts, but I have no love, I am like a clanging cymbal. Clang, 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 clang. Some even fight over doctrine. And it's true that we must defend what is clearly in Scripture, but not without love. Some of us debate just because we can win the debate. That's why some husband and wife relationship, they're not really doing well because... Each one is concerned of who is right. Rather than focused on loving one another, being patient with one another, being kind with one another, not keeping a record of wrong because there's now an emphasis that I was right. I told you so. But the second letter was encouraging. Paul shared his obstacles and his tribulations. And why he continued to serve God for the spiritual benefit of the Corinthians. He's saying, you know, I suffered a lot, but for your spiritual benefit, I continued to serve God. For your spiritual benefit, not only for the Corinthians, of course, many, many people benefited because of the service of Paul. And he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Let us continue that others may benefit spiritually. And Paul considered his suffering, which almost got him killed. You see, Paul suffered a lot. One time he was beaten, and they thought he was dead and left him. Another time he was stoned, 
until he fell unconscious. One time, so many wanted to kill him that they had to bring him down over the wall in a basket. He was always in danger. He was in danger with his fellow men, the Jews. And he was also in danger against the Gentiles. He was always in danger. But then Paul said, but these troubles are only light and momentary. This is nothing. Oh, I almost got killed. That's nothing. Unlike some of us. Ooh, I got hurt. A little pain, a little offense from a brother or sister. Who that person hurt me. I don't want to go to church anymore. And we think that is suffering. That is not suffering, friends. That is childishness. Not childlikeness. Childlike is good. Childlike faith is good. Childish as an immature. Paul said, I suffer these things for your spiritual benefit. Because these troubles produced for me, for me, according to Paul, glory that outweighs the troubles. Glory meaning reward. Because all this suffering is translating into a reward that it's worth it. It's worth serving God. It's worth experiencing suffering while serving God. Take note, serving God. Pastor, I'm suffering. Aren't we blessed when we're suffering? I said, why are you suffering? Because I did something wrong. Okay, that's different, you know. When you're suffering because of the Lord Jesus, that has reward. If you're suffering for the sake of suffering, everybody goes through that. All right? Everybody goes through suffering. One way or another. Mental, emotional, physical. We all go through suffering. One way or another. We feel loneliness at times. We feel rejected at times. That's for everyone. We feel betrayed at times. That is for everyone. But if you were betrayed because of your service to the Lord, Paul was beaten because he preached the gospel. That translates to a reward. Paul said, this is nothing. Can you say it with me? This is nothing. Now, think of the worst things you've thought of in serving God and say, this is nothing. It's nothing. Paul said, this is light and momentary. Why did Paul consider his terrible sufferings as light? Uh, shouldn't he describe the sufferings as terrible? You know what happened to me, huh? You know the suffering I went through? Sometimes I wish I could quote this to some pastors I meet who complain about the suffering. I said, that's part of it, kid. It's part of serving God. But some of us react differently. When we serve God, we think everything should be perfect. You think everybody should like you, and you should like everybody when you join a certain ministry. I have bad news for you. Nobody is perfect. Can you say nobody is perfect? Can you say to your neighbor, I am not perfect. 
and say to your neighbor again, and I accept you for not being perfect. Yes, he could say that this suffering is terrible, but he did not. The reason being, he saw eternity. Say eternity. But eternity is what? As we mentioned last time, think of a hundred years, that's not even the beginning. Or you're probably just beginning. No, eternity is forever. Eternity is, is years without end. Eternity is, our lives on earth is like a vapor. You know vapor? Singao. Life on earth, which is 80 years to 90 to 100 years, some reach 115 or 120, that's still a vapor. In eternity, that is a vapor. That's our life. How long is eternity? Paul would go through this suffering. He doesn't mind sacrificing. He doesn't mind because he saw eternity. God gave Paul this eternal perspective. Eternal perspective. Kaya mahirap pagpalit. Huwag natin ipapagpalit. Ano? Yung pwedeng ikaloob sa atin ng Diyos. Rewards compared to the temporary suffering of sinful man. Pagpapalit mo yon? For what? 30 minutes of adultery? You will exchange it for what? Moments of drunkenness on this earth? Unforgiveness? Within our family, you'll exchange all that so that you can hold on to what you feel like doing rather than thinking of eternity. Let me just, I've been hearing this thing around. Some of you think, I don't know who taught you this. I really do not know who. But some of you think, when you step into eternity, your memory is erased. Where in the world did you find that? Where in the world? Where? Show me in scripture. No, brother, I will recognize you. I will recognize you. I will remember everything I went through but without the pain. Do you know how many things during childhood that we felt something was so painful, right now we just laugh at it. Oh, ikaw, inaway mo ko nun, di ba? Sometimes we laugh about it. There is no more pain, but was it a bad experience? We can recall before, yes, but right now there is no pain. When you get there, you remember each other. I have good news for others as well. If your marriage is not doing well, there is no more marriage there. <laughs> you will be free. And somebody say, <laughs> You are brothers and sisters in Christ, full of love with each other. We just love one another. We just love one another. Of course, some young lovers say, 
really? We won't be married when we get there? Okay, I said, wait uh, maybe 10 years and maybe what you feel might change a little bit, you know? <laughs> uh, Eternal perspective. That's why we do what we do. That's why we serve in exchange for nothing. That's why we don't need to get paid to share the gospel to make disciples. That's why we don't need to get paid for some of you who practice in music so that we can deliver good music so people can focus on God. For those of you who usher, we do what we do because we have an eternal perspective. We don't do it for men but we do it for God. We do what we do when somebody calls us and say, I need prayer, brother or sister. I need prayer and we will give our time. If somebody says, we need, I need counseling, I just need somebody to talk with, I am so burned. We give our time. Why? Because we have an eternal perspective. We try to be excellent in what we do. We do not forget in serving God because we have an eternal perspective. If I serve God because I am paid, then my reward has been given. If I serve God so other people will clap their hands and say, very good, you are serving God. If that is all I seek, then I am already paid. But if I do it for my king, for my God alone, why do I take care of my family? Why do I love my wife and my children? Why do I honor my parents? Do we always get along? The truth is because of individuality. There are disagreements that would happen along the way. But I fulfill my role to love them and care for them and protect them and to be as gentle as I can while firm at the same time in leading them. I honor my parents even at times when they speak strong words to me for my good. Is it difficult? Of course it is, young people. I know it's difficult. But why do we do it? Because we have an eternal perspective. Because God said we should do it. Because we want to follow His divine design and trust God for the reward that is waiting for us. How come there are some people in Afghanistan, in Iraq, Servants of God, killed, tortured, their babies killed in front of them. And all these, these terrorists would say, would require them to do is deny your faith in Christ. They would not. They would grieve, they would cry. But they would not deny Him, ever. They would rather die. Why? Because they have an eternal perspective. We feel things. We are humans. But sometimes our feelings are not right. When we feel anger, hatred, we learn to set it aside. Why do we try to overcome that? Sometimes we want to say something sharp and strong, something damaging to others because we want to get back at them. But how come we do not? How can we try to manage our emotions, conquer it, because of an eternal perspective? How come some of us have received indecent proposals, 
for adultery. Yet why do we say no? Eternal perspective. There's nothing here that compares to there. This is nothing compared to there. You see, Paul did not lose heart. Even his body was suffering. Even though he might die. Because his inner person was being renewed every day. Renewed. That's why every day it is good to meditate upon the Word of God. Because it renews us. Have a time to think on the Word of God, to read your Bible, to meditate upon, to absorb its truths. And go into small groups so that you can share about the Word of God because we strengthen one another in our consciousness is anchored on the Word of God. We don't join growth groups for the sake of socialization. That can help, of course, but that's not the main reason. We're not into growth groups so that we can show how good we are at Scripture, how many verses we've memorized. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to encourage one another to stay true to the faith. The purpose is to build one another up with the Word of God. That's why we do what we do. Paul did not lose heart because every day after he was beaten almost to die, the next day he would renew himself in Christ. And the next day he's committed once again. And the next week he is committed once again. Every day he makes that commitment and every day Day by day, we renew ourselves. We renew. And the thing about renewal is, if you keep meditating on the Word of God day and night, you actually grow up. Oh, can somebody say spiritual growth? You know, I just observe something with some people. Some people understand spiritual growth. They really understand the concept of growth. Growth. Growing up. Mothers understand the concept of raising a child, the importance of nutrition, of giving them food to grow, and making them sleep on time. Are mothers here? It's natural for you, right? To feed your children. Why? Because deep inside of you is that concept of growth. Those with green thumbs, huh? green thumbs, gardening. Some of us don't have a green thumb. Some of you are gifted with life when it comes to the garden. Some of us are cursed with death when it comes to the garden. <laughs> Somehow you understand, when you see a plant, you understand, oh, this plant needs this one. You actually know it. Maybe you were trained or gifted or what, somebody taught you, or you just observed and you just knew what to do so that there's life. We must have a concept of spiritual growth. The concept of spiritual growth is we must feed our souls and spirit that we may mature spiritually. That one, our perspective would mature. Say perspective. Perspective, perspective should be improving. But not only perspective, it's also character. Character in terms of the way we think, the way we feel. Where once upon a time we are easily agitated, there comes a time we become more patient. That once you would be insulted by that, 
now no longer. That is spiritual growth. Then in terms of priority, before it's so easy to bump off time with God. As long as there is a business transaction, you'll skip Sunday. Now you say, wait, can you wait until the service finished? And I'll talk to you. Now that's not the priority. Now it becomes God. There is a concept of spiritual growth. That's why some never grow up because there's no concept of spiritual growth. They just know how to go to church and listen. Well, it's good if they listen and apply. But some just have the concept, it's Sunday, we just have to go there because it's Sunday. But there's no concept of spiritual growth. That's why nothing really improves. Some of you should be serving God by sharing His Word already. But no. Why? Paul looked forward to his eternal home in Christ. Although his temporal body was depreciating, he knew that his temporal, the eternal dwelling place is much better. There is an eternal dwelling place. Even though his body was deteriorating, he was looking forward. You see, I look forward. Don't you look forward to that day? I'm looking forward to that day when one day he will call me home. Of course, when I was much younger, I said, Lord, I want to go home. If you want to take me home, I'm ready if you want to take me home. And then I had children. And I said, Lord, not yet. Help me prepare my children so they would be spiritually strong in you and they're established in life. And then maybe I would say, then take me home. But I say no, because I'll have grandchildren and say, no, not yet, Lord. Let me contribute to my grandchildren. Then I just say, okay, Lord, your time anyway, not my time. But it's something we always look forward to. Do you look forward to eternity? You know, some people, when you say eternity, <laughs> eternal judgment, yikes. Why are you afraid? You're only afraid because you have not been serving God. But if you have been serving God faithfully, I mean, even tomorrow, even now is okay. The Lord saved me when I was 15 years old in 1986. And from that day until now, I continued to serve the Lord. Never giving up a week or two. Never giving up a day, not communi communing with God. I look forward to my rewards. But as a pastor, I want all God's people under my care having these spiritual rewards. So don't make me the bad guy when I say commit to the Lord, when I say to you serve the Lord, when I say to you have a growth group. I'm merely echoing what the Word of God says. When I say to you finish your Bible, don't make me the bad guy, all right? Amen? Oh, no, no. Some of you hear me, hear me here in front, but when you get to know me, these are questions I ask. And if I don't ask, I just observe. And I listen between the lines. And some of you are really growing at the pace of a snail. You know, 
Maybe when a snail walks from here to there, it might be half day. The pace of a snail. Some of you are in the pace of a hare, but then you forget along the way your purpose. You're just Nina Skugon. Yeah, let's do this. Then after a while, there's no more commitment when you had difficulties. Then you disappear. Because you are governed by what? Your emotions. You're governed by your moods. You're not governed by your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about your moods. Will you please grow up? Amen? It's not about your moods. Hey! It's not about you. It's about God. It's not about me. It's about God. So don't listen to those preachers you see on TV when they make Christianity all about you. Oh, God wants to heal you. Amen. Oh, God wants to enrich you. Sure. Amen. But if that's all they preach and then they don't challenge you to commit yourself to Christ, to sacrifice for Christ, if they don't challenge you to do that, they are misleading you. Those are false teachers. That's why you should read the Bible cover to cover. Why? Because when you read it, you understand, oh, everything is being preached. It's not just one part, but all the parts. Some like focusing on one part. And that's all the way they do in life, instead of focusing on everything. What the scripture says. Can you say eternity? Paul made his goal to please God because he knew that he shall, as all believers, appear before the judgment seat of God, of Christ. Uh, can you raise, put up verse 10? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is for all believers. Are you a believer already? Okay. Make sure, because if not, you'll end up in the white throne. They'll go to the lake of fire, okay? You make sure, all right? If you're not sure, please talk to us, all right? Uh, I will gently lead you to be sure, so that each one may be recompensed. Oh, recompensed. It's like a salary, right? Oh, it's like commissions. <laughs> He'll be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. We shall all appear before, right? Now, because we shall all appear, look at verse 9. Can you go back to verse 9? Therefore, we also have as our ambition. This is a good ambition, huh? Whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to Him. Paul's ambition is to please God. To please God. There, because He shall appear before the judgment seat of God. Why do we want to please God? The Bible says one reason is because you will be judged. Why do you need to please God? Because we will be judged. You will be rewarded. But if you never pleased God, well, praise God, at least you're saved. Amen? It's just like family, right? Some family members don't serve the family that much, but at least they're still part of family. We should love every family member. But some contribute a lot to the family. And somehow... Parents in their, in their pamana want to give more to these people. That is fair.
You're very silent this morning. I hope it's because you are reflecting upon your life. One, in application, do not lose heart, but renew your spiritual life every day. Have a moment to pray, have a moment to worship, and make sure you prioritize God. Two, we should live according to God's will, always striving to please Him. This should be every true believer's desire, to please God. Our desire to please Him should result in obeying His Word, because if you want to please Him, you want to obey His Word. That includes go and make disciples. That includes being a disciple. Three, have an eternal mindset. Look beyond the temporary into the eternal. Do not live by sight, live by faith. Do not live according to what you see on earth. Don't live according to your situation, but look at what He has promised in the Bible. Look at eternity. Don't think temporal, think eternal. Because we shall all face the judgment seat of Christ. Everything we did, good or bad, will be judged. Everything hidden shall be seen. Isn't that great? You know, for guess on earth we keep a lot of secrets, right? <laughs> it's exciting there because no more secrets. <laughs> oh, I thought some of you chismosas like that, right? You reveal the secrets of others. Ah, but we will see all your secrets that day. How many you have said, how many you damage, we shall see. But again, I do not give you, want to, mis, to misguide you. I believe during that day, because we've all been saved, there is no more fear there. I think also there would be no more shame. But like things of the past, we will just smile. <laughs> you did that. Good thing our God is merciful to you. We'll say that to one another. Oh, God is merciful. And everything is revealed, and yet we will still be rewarded by the good we have done. We would say, God is truly great. God is truly merciful. So, friends, it's worth it. Serving God is worth it. Do not be governed by your moods. When you make a commitment to the Lord Jesus, fulfill that commitment. Because be eternally minded. Do not be swayed by the ways of the world. Do not be swayed by the people of the world. And do not be swayed from, from believers who are bad examples. Oh, there are believers who are bad examples. Those who do not want to serve God. Those who say negative upon every person they know. Do not follow that example. In fact, sever yourself from them. Bakit? Nakakahawa yan. Nakakahawa. Bad company corrupts good character. Will they be saved? I believe they will be. But God will reprimand them. But me, I connect with these bad example people sometimes. For what purpose? I'm a shepherd. My goal is to shape people. I spend time to those who want to be used by God. I invest time to those who need to be reshaped. But to everyone in between who do not, do not want contact, I pray you will find a shepherd and a mentor within the group, growth group leaders who are willing to help shape you. But let this be a guide to all of us. Let this be a guide that all of us must desire to please Him above all others.
please him above all others because we will all be judged and do not be disturbed by others some are so disturbed when some person is still not improving their character you're so disturbed relax okay bakit sila ganun you think you can change them why don't you pray for them why don't you share god's word to them if they still reject it trust god pray your grievance is put in in prayer but when you face them judge no one for god is judge for god will judge everyone do i have to think of every person who offends me do i have to think about that they don't deserve my thoughts they do not deserve my time if people speak against me but does not help me if you rebuke me and if it helps me i would like to think about that but if it's for the sake of a critic who just doesn't know what to say who just wants to talk about something does that disturb us why should that disturb us i am not moved because it is my god who will judge me and it is my god who will judge them amen so if somebody does something not very nice to you, you just smile at them and say, God will judge you one day. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> but put it in your heart. I know, have, don't have to be offended because God is my judge. Imagine the freedom why Paul can do what he did. There is freedom in his heart because whether he suffers or does not suffer, he knows God is the rewarder. Whether you are forgotten, when humans forget to reward, sometimes that happens in the office, right? The one who got promoted is somebody who's always late. It doesn't even do great work. They were first to be promoted. Why? Life is unfair. Accept it. But do your best. Do all for the glory of God. Why do you work hard? Do it for the glory of God. What if that happens? God is our judge. God will be the judge one day. He is my rewarder. That's why rewards on earth mean little compared to rewards there. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray that everything we do, we do all for the glory of God. We want to follow the scriptures. We want to follow the scriptures in serving you with a good heart. Not just serving you, but serving you with a good heart. A heart that is forgiving a heart full of love, a heart that is sincere, a heart that wants to build others, a heart that wants to improve ourselves for your glory and, and inspire others to improve. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We shall all face you one day, and we pray that we would be prepared to do that. We shall all face before the judgment seat of God, Christ. Let us all rise. I encourage you right now, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, to make a commitment to the Lord, to serve Him faithfully. Faithfully. To please make a commitment every day to please Him, because you will appear before Him one day. Some of you may never have this consciousness before, but right now have that consciousness. Have the eternal perspective.
if you say, I have not been faithful in serving him. But right now, right now, I want to. I renew the commitment I made before to serve him, to serve him every day of my life, to find ways, according to the scriptures, to please him. If that is in your heart and you make that commitment today, I just want to pray with you. All eyes closed, raise, just raise your hand. Raise your hand to the Lord. Not to me, but you say, Lord, my hand is raised for you. Put those hands down and let us pray. Father, you have seen every hand that was raised. You have seen every heart here. That desire, that desire to make life about you because you are everything for us. You have given us Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. But not only that, you have shown us mercy. And every day, even we don't deserve it, you hear our prayers and you even answer our prayers. You are good. But Lord, we want to please you even though you are so good. You're so good. You're so merciful. And that moves us, Lord, to want to serve you. Because before, even though you are so good, we did not serve you as you deserve. Teach us, Lord. Teach us, Lord, to make efforts to please you, to serve our families, to serve our local community, to serve our local church, to serve one another, to expand your kingdom. We make this commitment. Set us free. Set us free, Lord. Though you bless us in earthly matters, in temporal matters, we thank you. Yet right now, we see that the eternal rewards is also up to us. You have given us the opportunity to store for us treasures in heaven. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Amen. Amen.